Hello, hello everyone. Welcome. You beautiful, you beautiful people. Well, so lovely to have you. Please do come in, take up a chair. I'll put on the kettle and maybe make you a constitutional. Would you like a tea or a coffee? Are you, are you sat on your dildo again, Andrew? Oh. <laughs> you, sound like, you sound like you've got a penis up your bottom. No, it's just one of my silly voices. <laughs> I thought I'd come back this week with a bit of a silly voice because it's been a couple of weeks. I haven't seen my friends and now you're here. No, it's been a while, hasn't it? How have you been? I've been good. We're on number 11. This is episode 11. Episode 11. The second of the double digits. The second of the double digits. And many more to come. Yes, absolutely. I think we're on a roll. Oh, I'm sat on a cushion, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm on a batch, love. <laughs> collecting so, yeah, uh, well, well, this, is, this is possibly the longest either of your or mine hyperfocus has allowed us to stay on something for a long time. Well, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, I'm already looking for squirrels. It is. It has. It has distracted me somewhat from the uh, rampant butterfly farm that is my my brain. Um, that allows me to flit and fly between focuses. So I do. I, look forward I mean, to, to be honest, we could be we could be we could be recording this and no one's listening, and I wouldn't care because I'm having a lot of fun. We always have our mystery listener in Peru <laughs> and Until- Spain now. Uh, Apparently, I, I, we're getting big in Spain. I I appreciate that we've got Spanish listeners, and I very much care for them. However, our Peruvian mystery listener has got, does not miss does not miss an episode. I know, and he's got my uh, my my curiosity peaked. I am well and truly feline at this moment in time. Please, please, Mister, Mrs., or both Peruvian listener, get in touch. We are desperate to know. What drew you to our nonsense? If if you are a Peruvian listener, please contact us in a DM on any of our social medias or email us at paracetamolheadache at gmail.com. We really, really, really want to get to know who you are. And preferably with a picture of your face. And five interesting things that you saw in your walk to work this morning. Or your drive, or your flight, or your boat ride. I, I don't know the topography of Peru. I have to admit. And a picture of my your driving license, and if you don't mind, a picture of the front and back of your major credit card, <laughs> along with your mother's maiden name, or inside leg transplant, <laughs> and also if you can please tell me your date of birth. It's 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 just a small ask, and we are asking simply because we're curious about who you are, and absolutely not for international monetary gain. It's. Uh, we are uh, honestly, we are racking our brains as to whether we know anyone that's moved to Peru recently. We just don't know. Please get in touch. And and if you are a friend, please tell us how are the cocoa leaves and are you enjoying all the guinea pigs? <laughs> yeah, guinea pigs on a stick. Very nice. And they also they also sweeten their coffee with their uh, cocoa leaves. Really? They they absolutely do. Oh. Well, if you've got a spare room in Peru and you would like us to come and podcast from your house and make us coffee, we would love to come. Also, if you could pay for the flights to and from and also our per diems whilst we're with you, we are, after all, internationally renowned political analysts. And fucking poor. 
and fucking poor. So anyway, yeah, I just, I mean, guinea pigs must have like tiny drumsticks. Like if you if you're eating a guinea pig, like that is a tiny drumstick. They are they are nothing, if not maneuverable. I mean, I imagine they go really well in a wrap or a quesadilla. I just, I just, yeah, I, I don't want to imagine what they taste like because we used to have guinea pigs and I loved them dearly. Um, My children still do. How, however, they do look juicy. Fucking <laughs> hell, Andrew. Post-apocalyptic event whereby it is, you know, man versus... Just you and some guinea pigs. Yeah, and it was a guinea pig just kind of kicking around in a flat. I mean, I, 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 I'm not saying that I would, but I'm, I'm, I'm finding it difficult to say that I wouldn't. I just have an image now of a post-apocalyptic guinea pig smoking roll-ups in the corner of a flat now. Eating yeah, guinea pig off of. I've seen some. I've seen some shit. Actually, eating a guinea pig roasted over an open spit from uh, what is the remains of an actual Zildjian drum kit uh, drumstick. <laughs> We're going to get in so much trouble for it. We don't want to eat guinea pigs in this country. In this country, they are pets. In fact, however, I, no, I'm going to just ask you to be quiet right now because I've just thought of a commercial opportunity. Okay, pets at home. We know that you listen to the podcast. And um, also, Zildjian and uh, Tama Drunk Kits, we know that you listen to the podcast as well. I'd like to do some cross pollination uh, across those uh, um, commercial streams. So picture the scene. It's just me and Phil. Phil, say hello to the people. Uh hola. Hello. We're hanging out in a in a in a wasteland. And in the wasteland there is nothing but old discarded drum sticks and uh millions <laughs> millions of guinea pigs. And we have to try and forage for food. So we fashion one of the drumsticks into a a hunting spear with which we then completely snooker one of the guinea pigs, one of the fatter ones, so that we know we can get a bit of a sizzle on, get some of that crackling going on. We put him over and I've got children that love guinea pigs, Andrew. Stop this. They're not real guinea pigs. Honestly. These are what if I what if I pick one up to cuddle it and go, oh juicy haunches. (laughs) You start putting it in a bone with a bit of lettuce and some mayo. (laughs) You juicy, juicy bastard, you. (laughs) My child my daughter, my my youngest, didn't speak to her teacher for a a good three weeks because she mentioned that they eat guinea pigs. Really? Yeah. Because if you get guinea pigs as a pet in school, what you really want to do is learn about what other countries do with guinea pigs, don't you? Kids I are too smart. Yeah. They Googled it and found out that people eat guinea pigs. They were absolutely, there was 15 children that were fucking inconsolable. Well, because o- Oreo and Cookie were going to get eaten. We had a, we had, we had a guinea pig um, and it was the greatest thing in the universe. And then it, it, it passed away. And I feel very bad. And it, it was one of my girlfriend's favorite things. So I, I, I apologize to all the guinea pigs out there. I don't want to eat haunches. Uh hang on, I'll apologize for them. one second. There we go. What did you just do? I just apologized to guinea pigs in guinea pig. Oh okay. You did a bit of a popcorn there. I was just I was very I was very, very confused by what was going on. I'm I'm also Mate, I, my entire day is I've been yeah, the, the, every time we record I'm confused. 
I'm also a little bit on edge as well because I watched a film earlier, which I, I probably shouldn't have watched on my own. Um, were you watch? Were you watching more naughty films again? Absolutely not. You know what I'm film gonna... were you watching? Um, let me just bring it up on the old uh, Disney channels, and uh, I was it that element? It, it can be quite scary, can Disney films? It was. It was. It was. It, I I got a little bit um, concerned. Bed knobs and broomsticks, a bit witchy. Got to be careful. Hey. The gateway film before you know it, they'll be watching Harry Potter and casting spells. That is such a film, that is such a film. Bed knobs, what, and, bed knobs and broomsticks, yeah, genuinely. That had, that had something for everyone and Bruce Forsyth, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't he? With, a, with a flick knife, yeah, yeah, he pulled a flick knife on children, just shows you he's a bit of a prick sometimes, yeah. Little... I mean, not so much, not so much now, but yeah, you know, him being dead and everything. What was this film called? I'm trying to find it. What was it about? Um, and don't it, say an hour and a half. About UFOs. Of course it was. Of Alien. course it was. And was it a quote unquote documentary? No, it wasn't a quote unquote documentary. It's an actual film. It's on Disney Channel. I'm trying to find it. I literally am pulling blank. This is terrible. Is it Escape to Witch Mountain? No. So that also fucked me right up. Which one, though? The original, the rock version? The rock version, obviously. I mean, yeah, that's a lot of a hunk of man to kind of it's also just terrible. To deal with. Also, that man would not be a fucking taxi driver, let's be honest. He barely fit in a car. Oh, it's called No One Will Save You, and it is on Disney Channel, and it is absolutely right. incredible, but it's also massively... Right. T- and... When you're at home, and I've been on a bit of a um, weird isolation tip this week, so I'm in a bit of a weird headspace anyway. Um, whilst watching it, 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 it somewhat messed with my um, with my with my melon man. Really? Yeah. So it's it's a near silent, ninety minutes alien abduction movie. Near silent. I think there is only something like 15 lines of dialogue said in the entire film and all of them is not said by the main character. Okay, interesting. Um it's it's silent simply because the main character doesn't have any friends or family and just kind of wanders quietly through her life because of an incident that happened in her past. And whilst oh. she's in this town, um she doesn't have any communication with anybody at all, like or any in human interactions. So she just doesn't speak out of the in necessity of her to speak. But oh. they use that as a boon in the in the in the film. There's there's not like anything wrong with anybody. Everyone can talk. There is incidental talking, but there's no script. Yeah. And the main character doesn't say a line of dialogue throughout. Oh. It's crazy good. And the aliens in it are terrifying um because they're like greys they're the um they're the, the you know the classic um paul version of the aliens oh okay yeah but there are several different versions of the greys in the film much like there are several different versions of greys that people have said that they have seen when they say that they have been abducted so it's kind of it's 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 ingenious, really. It's like it was like watching an old school Steven Spielberg. Interesting. Yeah, the the effects. I'll give it a watch. The effects are beautiful and brilliant, and the, it doesn't go too heavy on digital. 
and what digital effects they do use they use brilliantly um and mm. then like the the kind of cgi that they do use is almost perfectly integrated wonderful little film but it, it honestly 90 minutes of, of sheer tension um, yeah, i'll have a watch yeah i think you really enjoy Anyway, I mean, speaking of other, uh, speaking of grey little otherworldly human uh, beings, we're talking about Bernie Eccleston later on, aren't we? So, <laughs> ET's uncle is in the building. Um, I mean, his... Bernie Eccleston looks like ET's ball bag. Bernie Eccleston looks like it, something that ET would barf up if it was having a bad afternoon of in- indigestion. Just a man that needs a fucking good ironing. He'd be about eight foot taller. It looks like E.T. trying to cosplay as Andy Warhol. He's so wrinkled, yet ironically, his ball bag is perfectly smooth. Is he 92 or is he a 12-year-old midget man who's like decided to become business? <laughs> three babies in a trench coat. It's the three babies in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> this is my theory. All billionaires Controlling the world's media by, by hiding in trench coats. It's the same three babies that just keep changing their trench coats. You never see Elon Musk and and them and Bernie Eccleston in the same in the same building. So or, or Rupert Murdoch. Uh, I, I choose not to acknowledge the existence of Rupert Murdoch. Or Robert Maxwell because he's dead. And the world's a better place for it. Yes. Don't wish death on people very often, but couldn't it happen to a nicer person. I don't wish death upon anybody. However, there are certain individuals in the world who, when they will die, I will have a little moment of... Hooray! <laughs> Single party popper. Uh, yeah, a bit a bit like, you know, when Maggie died. The irony that Ding Dong the Witch is Dead was at number one for a week was brilliant. It, the irony that people were still trying to defend her and were, were, were genuinely broken up like the Queen had died. Yeah. Uh, people look at me still. like that. Boris Johnson, it's going to be fucking horrendous. Uh, I don't know. That would be an awesome funeral, though, wouldn't it? Absolutely not. Oh, it would be. Imagine if all the children turned up. There'd be no one else. There's no other pews in the church for anyone else. If literally the just his children, off, the axis of the Earth would shift by thirteen degrees, <laughs> having all of them in the same point of entry would cause a gravitational pull, hitherto unknown since Boris Johnson undid his first pair of bloomers. Ugh. Why are we talking about speaking, that? Speaking of the planet, I saw this one... We're getting off topic as as, is, as I want, but I saw this awesome news article. So these two guys lived across the globe from each other, and they worked out where they were living. They were literally... On you know when you say well, I'm going to dig a hole right down. Oh yeah, come out the other side. They'd put a slice of bread on each side on the ground, and they had literally made the hu- a, a world sandwich. Yeah, I think it's pretty great. How cool is that? It's an absolutely brilliant thing that they've done. Like who, um, who you have got to be a next level, like <laughs> unhinged genius to have thought of making an Earth sandwich. Yeah. And then doing the trigonometry and the geometry. The sheer math to get that. And it was too accurate to within a degree or something stupid like that. Orienteering on it was was phenomenal. I would have given them a Duke of Edinburgh badge immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Although one of them was Oriental, so probably Duke of Edinburgh. Not a good idea. 
<laughs> there's only one I've only got one slight gripe with the whole of the uh endeavor that they had, and that was that they didn't put a slice of lettuce down underneath the bread so that they could have made a proper sandwich. There was butter though. I I mean I, I do I do applaud the butter, but they should have put down some vegetables as well, maybe some pickle, maybe a couple of gherkins, <laughs> you know, a bit of cheese. All a a side is, clump of a side clump of cress, maybe. Yeah, all I'm saying Rick made the effort. If you're Just going fucking lazy, if you're going to make an earth sandwich, then go all out. Actually. Make it a good earth sandwich. Make a sandwich that when Galactus comes along, he sees it and says, "That looks like a tasty sandwich." Can you imagine if one of the locals went past? Well, I I don't believe that sourdough. Get rid of it. <laughs> I can't believe he's using tiger bread, which is after all just a mere imitation of sourdough. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Sainsbury's changed it recently to giraffe bread. You can't, you can't just smear a piece of bread with marmite and then throw it on a toaster. That's not. Is that ham fair trade? <laughs> so can I ask you: Is this ham made from guinea pigs, or is it made? From- <laughs> oh, stop it! Fucking <laughs> guinea pigs! Uh, no, no, uh, that was an exclamation, not a desire. Um, yeah, should we actually do something? <laughs> we're well into this, and we're going oh, down some serious rabbit holes here. So it's, it's, if you've watched any of the news this week, you will have you would have seen that it's been a bit of a slow news week, and we make a bit of a boon of that this week because we don't really want to talk about the news or politics or any of that bollocks. We've got a utter shite. Really, really like to get down to. So without further much ado, we're going to throw in our bongs, but they're very much going to be um, kind of as is tradition, um, but on fast forward. So yeah, well. there's, it's quite. We're, we're just going to enjoy this one. There's not really a plan, is there? Apart from the first little bit. Yeah, it's, it's, we're not going to dwell, and it comes to a bit of an abrupt ending, and then we're going to go into something different. So just bear with us while we go through the bongs. Philip, if you would please, can you please give us your famous bong? Fiddly motherfucking bong. Oh, I love it. So glitter and trauma, the labour conference. How different it was from the blue team. <laughs> bodily biddly motherfucking bong Bernie Eccleston 635 million pound fine for missed tax and he's 92 years old which means his kids yeah. are going to miss out on nearly a billion pounds which it's is fine behind the sofa. he's probably got it in the sofa I honestly I love the fact that he's 92 years old and he's been fined 635 million and all he can really think of is doesn't bother me whatsoever. I'm going to be dead soon. This is really a kid's problem. Yeah. Fuck you all. I'm dead soon. How how insane must it be that you can <laughs> issue a £635 million fine and you can just go... Yeah, that's fine. Not a problem. I'll do it in pennies. I mean, let's I'll not... Just... This is the man who, when he was faced with bribery accusations that could have led to 14 to 15 years in prison the way that he got out of the bribery accusations was that he paid 20 million pounds yeah which i'd I'd be quiet for 20 million pounds just let me just run this by you one more time philip (laughs) accused of bribery yeah which is obviously taking taking a bung yeah, monetary payment to then do what you're told to do, mm-hmm. and he made that go away by paying twenty million pounds. 
It's delicious. Honestly, it's fucking awesome. For them to not say what they were going to say. I do. Yeah. But he just, what, did you just go into your back pocket and pull out 20 mil? Honestly, he, he had that in his whiskey jar in the front room. Oh, it's insane. And his daughter got like mugged for a 14 million pound necklace, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's insane. I, I I mean, we will never know wealth on that level. And I'm comfortable with that. Genuinely um, insane. I cannot fathom, like, being that blasé about that kind of money. Like, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to alarm you, Andrew. Uh, but I'll just put some Tiger Balm on my nose and then rub my eye. Oh, no. Yeah. You know what that means, don't you? Uh, three more weeks of spring. Absolutely. And now you've also got the eye of the tiger balm. Honestly, my eye is watering like I... Oh, my word. Fucking hell. The only way we Why can did, actually... Did I do that? This is if you punch yourself as hard as you can in your left plum. Uh, uh, oh, my... Oh, fuck. Oh, it's just... It's not stopping. We've lost Phil, guys. We've lost Phil. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm going to get... I'm going to power through it. <laughs> but I'm fine. <laughs> So, all right, let's just touch... Anyway, it. anyway, Bernie Eccleston is a bit of a... To be honest, that's the news article with Bernie Eccleston. That's it. That's the whole thing. That's done. it. He's, he's a prick and he's been charged 630 million for tax evasion and he doesn't give a shit. Because it's not going to affect him. It's going to affect we, kids. Yeah, he doesn't give a crap. doesn't give a crap. Um, should we do the Labour conference? The last article, let's wait for that one. But the, the Labour the conference. conference. How refreshingly different. <laughs> for a start, <laughs> there were people there. And quite frankly... Fabulous! It was uh, like, <laughs> the fabulosity was off the scale. It takes a real man to have a kilo of glitter dumped on him and still manage to deliver a fucking awesome speech while still looking amazing. I've I've had this conversation with about three or four people this week because a lot of people, uh, and obviously the news media and everything as well, were making a big point of oh it, it looked very staged, it looked very much like it was kind of coordinated and. From from no, that 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 man's face did not was not expecting that. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think that that was a big sell. The fact that he didn't look like he was enjoying what was going on. Um, yeah, and he also looked like he didn't know what was going on. But I think also the reaction itself was so brilliantly handled, and it all comes down to one person. And who's that? If you go back and watch the video. The security guards come on, two female security guards, manhandle this guy to the floor, and then drag him out like the floor is made of ice. And it is beautiful to watch. It looks like he's sat on a sled. He is flowing across that floor as they're dragging him out. And he's continuing to try and make his point about, I think it was proportional representation. Yeah. Uh, for, uh, the people's a people's government, I think, wasn't it? Which is a fair was- a fairer voting system. Yeah, not first past the post, but proportional representation. Yeah, yeah. Make uh, the, the House of Commons a very different landscape, indeed. Uh, yeah, it really would. Because it would mean that the Tories basically ceased to exist as a party. Yeah. Um. Bas- basically, there would be no. Um. Two parties. There would be no. There'd be no Tory party. The the big thing was. Uh, also, the demonstrator being there was, it seemed very kind of cockeyed because 
Labour aren't in power yet, so Labour can't do anything about anything. And they've also kind of had members of their party go out and say that they want to have proportional representation because they think it is a fairer way to govern. Um, yeah. I mean, governance. Um, but be, the only reason he was in the Labour one is because the security was so lapsed because they weren't expecting to have any problems or issues. Yeah. It's um, it's It was weird, like properly weird. Um, I yeah, such a such a stark contrast because we know full well if he'd have um done that at the Tory party, he his balls would have been tased, like you wouldn't believe. They um the the person who saved the day was a um forty year veteran in the um Labour Party. If you go yeah. back and watch the video, you can see it is a lady jumps up and she takes off um, Keir's jacket. And yeah, then just like, take it off, take it off. You look better without it. And then she says, roll up your sleeves, damn it. And he rolls up his sleeves. Um, and the, it's really interesting because it's it's her that saves the entire day. But had she not have acted so fast, Keir looked like he could have been very, very much um, out of his element. Yeah, I, I mean he's not used to glitter. Clearly, <laughs> I, I think I loved it. I, I should just point out that whilst we're recording this, Andy and I have opened up a whiteboard on Zoom and are drawing a giant cock and balls together. We're having a wonderful time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, what was worrying, and it was worrying was um, the security took a long time to get there. They, they they weren't there instantly. That man genuinely could have had anything. That was the worry. That was... That, that, uh, you know, but he was a softer... It was a very... You know, the, the, there was so many police around the Tory party for good reason, because there was a good chance they were going to get shivved. But... Well, that was more I th- to protect them from the people than the people from them. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he just team. dealt with it very well. Yeah, the, um, the Labour conference was night and day from the Tory party conference. So there, there seemed to be a, a bubbling sense of optimism. There seemed to be a lot of kind of uh, joy and happiness and unity. Um, more quiche. More quiche, more I tell quiche. you. Yeah. There was also a message, I think, and the message was being quite clearly delivered and there was like a continuity of the message. And the message was one of kind of hope. Yeah. Like cautious optimism. Like... If you put us in charge, we'll start doing things to make things better, but we're going to do them one thing at a time so we can get it done right, which I think is a wonderful approach. Yeah, no, I, I think it, it really worked. I don't know. I know that as a government, you've got to try and do, you know, multitasking. And of course they will. But if you if you were to just pull your money together and fix one issue at a time in order of how you find it, especially when it comes to infrastructure. Yeah. Like fix the roads okay great hashtag fuck the north now we can move over and we can start using the money that we've got into uh the infrastructure for the railway systems and we can start trying to make the railway systems better obviously a way to do that would be to nationalize the railway firms that the tory party in their first tenure back in the 80s sold off to the highest bidder therefore ruining future generations of public transport but it's fine you know 
My ass. Thing is, they they know they're fucked. They know they're not going to get in, so they're just leaving a bomb site. It just annoys me, mate, that they um that Labour have got all these ideas and they seem to have actually done the homework to try and figure out how they're going to pay for it. And yeah, the way that they want to approach it is you know one big thing at a time. Yeah, uh, people are still calling them out when the Tory party are literally pissing water up the wall. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a weird um yeah, it's really weird. And the whole thing it, it just the, they couldn't have been any more different. Um if they tried and they did try. The Tories did try and it just uh it backfired horrendously. Yeah. The um the conference the conference was was a really good one. Everyone who actually took a podium seemed to have a drive and an idea of where they wanted to go with it. David yeah. Lammy was completely on form. Um every one of the shadow cabinet that did a speech seemed to know the brief and attacked it. And I think it was like a really unified front. Yeah. It was it was yeah, good. They- it was good. That, and, that that was a government. That was a party in power. The only problem, I think, out of all of it was the fact that there was such a weak response to our last bong of the week. What was that? The story that we were umming and ahhing about. Obviously, the story that's dominated the news cycle. For yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that, that, that was, yeah. So should we should we bring up the elephant in the room? Yeah, and then I think so, we'll just we'll yeah. just we'll just we'll, we'll 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 go into it and then we'll we'll move on swiftly, respectfully, and we won't come back to it again. No, this is not something. We're, just to be, just to be very clear, we're not taking a stance here. We we just want to acknowledge the the tragedy of what's going on, um, in the Middle East at the moment. There's regardless of your politics your leanings your understanding and we do encourage you don't don't accept people's point of view as as rick go away and research and read and find out for yourself the history of this this is a complex situation that's not going to be solved by the daily mail um and some taglines and some sound bites for some assholes on gb news it's the, the very center of all this, the politics, Hamas and Israel aside, there are people involved. In this. There are children, there are parents, there are family members being wrenched apart by something they have no control over. Yeah. I no control over. When the news hit of the initial attack, the 3000 rockets, um, my response kind of shocked me the most, I think, because I was so blasé and completely nonplussed by what was happening. It wasn't until the day after the initial attack when the news cycle kind of kicked in that I, I genuinely kind of was awake to what had happened. And I think it's yeah. um, it, it's, a, it, it's some of the things that are happening over the Middle East at the moment in time are... Um, reportedly and patently horrific and 
the situation is one that requires a clear, calm head and some sort of understanding of the last 50 to 60 years of um, history in the region. And I am neither of the those two things right at this moment in time. Yeah. So I'm not going to wade in. No, I don't think I don't think there's anything to be gained by. I agree. Um, but and and Andrew has got something he would like to play for us. Yeah, I think it's just going to be better if we just don't go near this one and instead just pay our respects to it and um, understand it's there and and keep a BDI on the progress to what happens over there because it's yeah. obviously going to be in the cycle for a while and much like the Russia-Ukraine um, war going on at the moment in time it's um, it's complex beyond words and it's easy to be flippant and tripe Absolutely, we're rather going to go down a different route so for this week we're going to introduce something a little bit different and we're throwing a little track so my um one of my closest friends is a gentleman called Giles Seckham. And uh this is a song by the band Bright Eyes that Joel covered. Um and it's a song called Lua. And I think it will be much more sufficient to give our feelings on the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're gonna come back to something a little bit brighter. So Stay close to the dial. I know that it is freezing, but I think we have to walk. Waving at the taxis, they keep turning their lights off Julie knows a party at some actor's west side loft Supplies are endless in the evening, by the morning they'll be gone Everything is lonely, I could be my own best friend Coffee and the paper have my own conversations The sidewalk and the pigeons and my own window reflection The mask of polish in the evening by the morning looks like shit And I know you have a heavy heart I can feel it when we kiss So many men stronger than me Have thrown their backs out Trying to live it We are not a gamble You can count on me to split We'll offer sell you in the evening By the morning won't you're looking skinny like a model with your eyes all painted black The 
just keep going to the bathroom Always say I'll be right back Takes one to know and care to think you got it bad Was so easy in the evening by the morning such a drag Inside my pocket, we can share it on the train. And if you promise to stay conscious, I will try and do the same. We might die from medication, but we sure killed all the pain. What was normal in the evening by the morning seems insane. I'm not sure what the trouble was that started all of this. Reasons all run away, but their feeling never did. It's not something I would recommend, but it is one way to be. Simple in the moonlight by the morning never is yeah, It was simple in the moonlight Now it's so complicated It was so simple in the moonlight So simple in the moonlight So simple in the moonlight Hi there We'd really like to hear from you. And as such, we've been idiots and set up a WhatsApp account for you to listen to. If you'd like to get in touch, leave us a message, or even just speak to us and say hi if you love us, the number is 07990863564 on WhatsApp. Message us and uh, get back to us. That number is 07. 07- 990-863-564. We definitely promise you it's not a sex line. There we go. The wonderful sounds of Joel Sikon there. Yes, wonderful Joel. He's going to absolutely hate me for playing that track, but um, I appreciate you very much, Joel, and I love you, and I think you're cute, and I want a squeezy little tight little bottom, and I am in joy with you. Know- it should be noted he also gives very enthusiastic hand jobs. Oh, he's he's a drummer, so his hand jobs are <laughs> quite rough. It's got, got a natural sense of rhythm. <laughs> if you like to have splinters. <laughs> anyway. We're yeah. gonna start the second half with a um with a momentary breathing exercise. So everybody out there in the world of Podland and everybody in the studio and everyone in Philip's bedroom, um Let's all take a moment to just take a deep breath in through the mouth. And out through the anus. And out, please. And breathe out through the <laughs> And just do that five or six more times, and you'll be slightly over the top in terms of oxygenization. You'll get a Buzzy little head rush, and for a second you'll forget about all of the unpleasantness in the world. Yes. So, 
welcome to part two of two. Um, we just uh, the, our notes here are just insane bollocks. Insane bollocks. We're going to take a bit of a turn to the left, and we're just going to start talking to each other about our favourite things, things that make us happy at our most. Um, I wouldn't say sullen, but when we're at our when we've had, when we need a pick me up, we need a pick me up. Just your favourite com- creature comforts. These things you go to just to make yourself feel better. Doesn't have to have a rhyme or reason. Could have a wonderful story behind it, but you just know that that thing is going to make you feel bloody happy. Indeed, indeed. And I think we so. Can... Yeah, we 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 just we haven't thought about this. We're just going to shoot the shit and see what happens. So, yes, Philip. Yes, Philip Patricia Goff. Yeah, yeah, you never know, but you're not supposed to mention my my surname. But yeah, go for it. My my middle name, sorry. It's Puber, isn't it? Patricia. It is Patricia. It is Patricia. Yeah. Did you change it from Puber? No, no, no. I was thinking of changing it to Puber. It's better than Patricia. It's, I think I think you look good as a Trish. Trish. Yeah, if I was a woman, I'd be a Trish. Leopard print. Leopard print Trish. Probably still drives a Ford Escort. Still drives a Ford Escort. Well, one which has like a real bad oil issue, and every time like you go around corners, a big plume of black smoke comes out from the back of the car. A one-person climate problem. Um, Yeah, there is one on the estate near where I live. There is. There's someone still driving a Capri. Do you often see them outside of the bookies? Uh, No, the kebab shop, which tells you everything you need to know. It's always either the kebab or the or the or the bookies. And sometimes, if you've got a kebab next to a bookies, it's both of them. Yeah. I shit you not, right? There is a kebab shop in town. The owner, really nice guy. Um, he has a pet squirrel that he walks on a leash. Wonderful. I saw a squirrel earlier run out into traffic and then do chicken with a car. And the car was coming at it at quite a pace. And I think the driver of the car really wants to hit the squirrel. And then the squirrel did what can only be described as uh, the electric boogaloo in the middle of the road. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know why they do that? I don't know why. They collect number plates. Oh, that's, that must be it. Because he came very close to being hit, but he was doing the electric boogaloo, twerked a little bit, then threw in like a little bit of a belly worm and then like fucked off underneath the car as it came at him. Maybe it's a bit like, fuck you, my ancestors were here before you were. I'm going to do what I want. And his ancestors were like nine and a half feet tall. They had yeah. teeth like oaks. Well, um, but or... If, uh, if I say just to be uh, believed, a small furry saber-toothed creature that was obsessed with nuts. There we go. Sid. <laughs> Sid, that was it. God bless him. No, <laughs> Sid was Sid was the um the, was the possum thing, wasn't it? Scrat. Scrat was the Rats, name of the screw. Yeah. Anyway, enough with this insanity. <laughs> Sorry. Isn't it? Yes. It's a long, hard week at work. You have barely, I have been long and hard at week, yeah, at work, yeah. You've barely had a moment of reflection to yourself. Oh, All yeah, you want yeah. to do is go home, kick off your shoes, put on your slippers and your house coat, and sit down in front of your television, and you get that chance to do it on a cold, meagre autumn Thursday evening. You're sitting there with your broth, with your <laughs> slippers up on the table. Like some kind of Victorian dandy. Yes. I, sir, shall have broth. Fetch me my smoking jacket, Marjorie. You grab your remote control, and by that I mean your stick that you poke pubert your butler to go and turn on the television. 
The talkie talkie box. The talkie talkie box. And he flicks it over to a channel and it just happens to have your creature comfort movie. What is that oh. movie? Oh, now this is it. I'll tell you two different movies for two different reasons. Okay. Um, my all time go to movie, all time, could watch probably five or six times in a year and still see something new is Jim Henson's Labyrinth. Amazing. Um, it's one of life's true joys is watching Labyrinth with someone who's never seen Labyrinth before. It's a perfectly imperfect movie. It is. It's It has its flaws. It has David Bowie's cock in very tight jumpers. <laughs> it, I, <laughs> Can't unsee. Lucky, lucky Mrs. Bowie, that's all I'll say. But, um, but it has some of the finest just nonsensical fun for no reason its flaws are glaring and multitudinous however what it has in flaws it more than makes up for in character and just beautiful it is a charming film and and i know there's at the beginning of the film there's lots of telltale signs that it's a dream and it's not real and blah 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 but the one thing I'd never noticed before, and I watched it, funny enough, I watched this, not last weekend, the weekend before, it's miserable weather, I sat in and watched it, is David Bowie, there's photos of David Bowie in her bedroom, dating oh. her mum, dating her mum, the photos of her mum, if you watch, that's all David Bowie. That makes me think that... Um... It conjures up some awkward questions. Why is she not living with her mum? And why is David Bowie as Jareth just a little bit pervy about her? That's a really good spot. Is there a reason why she's not living with her mum? It makes you think that there might be a... um, Restraining order? (laughs) That might have been like a a completely cut um, plot line. Yeah. I don't recall that you actually see her dad in the... It's just her mum, isn't it? No, there is a dad there. Yeah, her dad and stepmom. But her mum, mum, is an actor in England. And there's photos of her on the mirror of the dressing table that she sits and shouts into when at the beginning of the movie when she gets home. The dad and the stepmom go out and she's looking at photos and snippets and things. And it's all about what her, the work her mum's doing. And in it, there's this article about love blooming between the leading lady and leading man and it's the, her mum and David Bowie so there's some wild theories about uh, David uh, not David Bowie Labyrinth itself um, that one of the theories is that all of the goblins were once babies that Jareth has kidnapped yeah. in order to woo a um, a fe- like a woman like they like they do with Sarah yeah um, one of the theories is that all of the goblins are one person yeah and that is the baby sarah's yeah brother is yeah. it yeah toby so all of the goblins are different versions of toby that have been reincarnated throughout the generations because he's always trying to get sarah and yeah. sarah is always being reincarnated into a different body so he he's done this like a multitude of times and he's going to keep trying to do it. He's caught in this like time loop where he keeps having to try and woo his lost love, Sarah. 
And every time he kidnaps the baby, that baby becomes one of the goblins that then carries on into yeah. the next iteration. Yeah, it's there are some really dark themes in it. The whole dream sequence in the ballroom is horrendous. Some it, of the, it, it, the it's just it's clearly puppetry. it's clearly a sex party. It's got some of the wildest like imagery, some of the wildest puppetry, some of the greatest storyline. The songs are incredible, and it, there's something to be said about a bad guy that is played badly, but by an English person. Yeah. There's but something like about really, Charles really pantomime. But he, he's just made it so that you can't ignore him. No. I'm really yeah. glad they've just announced they cancelled the sequel. What a wonderful film. They've cancelled the sequel, and I'm really glad. However, I think it's Dark Horses Comics have done a sequel series of comics. Uh, I, where I the, the baby it. as an adult, as a teenager, goes back into the labyrinth. I'd I'd almost want to ignore it. It's a bit like it's a bit like all the sequels to Neverending Story. Like yeah, it doesn't need to happen. No, because because the first film was so beautifully put together and so like perfect. Yeah, yeah. And the story of Bastian and uh, Atreyu is so like simpatico. Yeah, that like you you can't you you, you could never capture that, that magic again. There was never yeah. it was lightning in a bottle. And and that's why they dropped Labyrinth the sequel. And I'm really glad because it would have been fucking awful. I mean, the screenplay was written by the late great Terry Jones. Um some of the some of the now established oh this thunder um Muppet characters got cut their teeth in that film. Brian Henson aside, who's now taken over the Muppet, you know, Elmo, Kevin Clash, the original Elmo, um, before it got weird was Sididimus, mm. I believe. You know, David Goles, you know, all these people were in it. It was amazing. My, I think my comfort movie comes from a slightly different era, but it, it makes me feel the same way that I'm sure Labyrinth makes you feel, with that kind of feeling of um, familiarity. Yeah. So... Depending on how I'm feeling, I'm either going to go and pick up Empire Records. Oh, classic. Just It's just, I mean, from the first time we watched it back on Spring Hill. Awesome film. I just, I've been in love with that film forever. It is incredible how well it's aged as well. And considering that there is an entirely, entire character has been cut out of the film. Yeah. I don't know if you knew this fact, but uh, Toby um, Spider-Man, Toby Maguire, Toby Maguire, played a character in Empire Records. All right. He played one of the main characters in Empire Records. You will not see him in a single shot because of he Empire was Records because he asked to be removed from the film because he did not get it. And he thought... Wow. He, absolutely bombing in his character so we asked them to remove him from the film and because it was so deep into rec- filming they couldn't recast the role they so instead they rewrote the film and cut his character out entirely and they cut around his character weird oh that's mental so he's still credited he's in like the fifth spot in the in the in the cast credits and everything but it's just not in it it's a character that worked in the record store 
but you don't see him. They never mention him. They've cut all the way around him. How freaky. He just doesn't exist. That's mental. But for a film that had to be like rejigged and re imagined on the hoof, it's just survived the test of time. Such a beautiful, brilliant, funny, like perfect 90 minutes. Oh, I'm going to have to. I mean, I, also, I mean, they, they've been around. You know, Toby Maguire's been around for a lot longer than people realize. <laughs> He's just one of those childlike actors, isn't he? He's just always looked young. Like Jake Gyllenhaal. He's always been around. He just looks like he needs a good sleep and a relax. Ryan, Ryan Gosling, bless him. Yeah. He's a member of the Disney Club. Like when you see yeah. him like doing the dancing and the singing, you're like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. But if I'm feeling. Gosh, Ryan. If I'm feeling like tired and I feel like I need to pick me up, I'll go and listen to Empire. I'll watch Empire Records. Um, and if I'm having like a contemplative kind of sad down depressing time then i will go and watch um yankee doodle dandy with james cagney <laughs> awesome <laughs> uh just because it's one of the best films that's been ever made and it is an undisputed classic and every single time he tap dances down the stairs of the white house it literally makes my soul sing yeah the the, the golden era of the musical was amazing uh, my i mean my my other film if i and I, I, I had the the privilege of sharing it with my children the other day. They watched it for the first time, and m- my children are not ones to sit still and watch a whole. They like to move. They watch it, but they like to move around. For the whole film, they did not move because they were completely enwrapped, and that was spirited away. Brilliant. They have. They are now wading through all the Studio Ghibli back catalogue. We watched Porco Rosso as well. Um, and they, next week, next uh, next week, watching Howl's Moving Castle. A couple of uh, like a year or so ago, um, we went through all the um, Studio Ghibli films from Kiki's Delivery Service, um, oh, just and had like an absolutely amazing couple of weeks watching watching them like after work and stuff and at weekends. It's uh, it's good to go back and, and Ghibli yourself up every now and again. He's got a new one out coming, hasn't he? The Boy and the Heron. Yeah. And, the, um, and apparently it's right back up there. It's right back up there in terms of quality. And he's already he's already said that he's uh, cancelled his retirement because he's got too many new ideas. Oh, I, that man! I could just—he looks like he gives really nice hugs. Well, I think we've done well with there with the movie one. Let's yeah. Move to the next category. Okay, so you're driving home, Andrew. Okay. Traffic is shite. Got you. You're on that road that's always bad. You know, when you get there at half past five, it's going to be awful. Yeah. You put your phone on because the traffic's at a standstill and you can. It's safe to do so. And you yeah. flip. You thought, the radio show, I'm going to listen to a song. What is that one song you'll always go to in that situation? What's that one that one band, that one track, or that one album that has changed your musical outlook? Oh, good point. Good question. Nice, Nicely put. I think I would say the go-to would be Queen. Oh yes, um, probably day of the races or night at the opera. Yeah, um, I just think both of them are incredibly uh, well produced, but perfectly assembled um, albums, and they've got some of my favourite songs on, and also yeah. they've got some cracking sing-alongs. 
Yeah. There um, are some bang there are some true bangers on there. Recently I've been listening to Tears for Fears like it's been going out of fashion. Interesting. Um they they recently played at the party in the park in um Leicester. Um but I just had forgotten how many absolute club bangers they had. So yeah, Queen or Tears for Fears at the moment, I think. Okay. Yeah, I mean my first ever CD, and I remember it was Andrew Cross and his mum bought it me for Christmas. Like 90s Seattle Rock was the Spin Doctors. Pocket full Pocket, of Kryptonite. Pocket full of Kryptonite. And I'll always go back to that because it had the right level of rock, but funk and just awesome tracks. I think I've gone um, through 10 of those albums. It never gets old. Like Jimmy Olsen, Blue, you know, there's what time is it? It's just an awesome banging track. And I'll always, I'm, I can't wait till my kids discover rock music. It's all very teeny popper at the minute. Um, K-pop, what the hell is that? But um, Pocket Full of Kryptonite was my first ever album. And then my parents bought me uh, the Black Album by Metallica. Do you remember that? That yeah, that year we did. We both get CD players at the same time. So the the reason we both came into Metallica at the same time was because we were watching the Queen, um, Freddie Mercury tribute night. Yes, Wembley, and Metallica came on and did um, Stone Cold Crazy and um, they their their set, and yeah. we remembered that. I think it was. A friend of ours, Claire Jolly, her boyfriend had given my mom the Black Album on tape. That's it. And yeah. then we both demanded that we get the CD, and then we didn't listen to anything apart from Metallica after that. No, I think we both went out, and, and we had a, 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 a good friend of ours in school who we. But I think we both lost touch with that show. But John Rutherford was a, a keen, keen musician, keen guitarist. John Rutherford and... was responsible for a lot of my musical. Uh, Infancy, bands yeah. like Pantera, Silverchair, oh Pantera, all of the grunge um, movement, um, Sepultura, Sepultura, yeah, he was a uh, he was he was responsible for a lot of like the the early loves of my musical life. So that nineties metal scene, just before it got new metally, I I can't I can't even recall the amount of times that me and you must have listened to the black album like and just poured over it yeah I remember when i got um the videotapes and we watched um all the videotapes like back to back to back to back and we almost broke the, what were they called cunning stunts weren't they yeah amazing yeah uh yeah no i so, said yeah oh, that's really interesting tears for fears then that's awesome i just think i just think they've just got such an amazing array of bangers and how the was the day, how was the party in the park, Andrew? It was good. I got very drunk. <laughs> I got some interesting text messages from Andy, convinced, convinced that ninety percent of the audience there were swingers. It's because ninety percent of the audience there were swingers. They were definitely swingers. <laughs> I was playing a lot of pampas grass. I was playing who who's the swinger in the crowd. And uh, it turns out that 98% of Leicester <laughs> are banging every other 98%. <laughs> you were so serious about it, though. It wasn't, oh. you weren't doing it. You were, you were deadly serious. It was just the, a big fuck fest, Andy. It's just a big fuck fest. Phil, they're all here. They're all here. It's like everyone's a swinger. The cues, the cues for the toilets and the bar were such that you had to kind of entertain yourself. And that was one of my entertainments for the evening. That and also um, playing you with the crowd um uh just some of the fashions 
when they were walking past it was just you <laughs> you <laughs> I do love your drunk text. You don't you don't not a big drinker, but when you do drink, you do like to drink. And, and I do uh, like the text as well. <laughs> it's just brilliant. Um this, you, you fell in love weekend. a bit this week last weekend, didn't you? This last weekend I went to Oktoberfest in Coventry. You you fell head over here. I mean, Sharma is the love of your life, and that's 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 without question. But you did fall a tiny bit in love this weekend, didn't you? I fell I fell hard at the heels of a seven foot drag queen what were they called i honestly i i can't tell you because i was i was that gone that i can't remember any of the people's names <laughs> i had so many photos of andy hugging a drag queen and then phil we've got to do drag queens we've got to be drag queens what's your name gonna be <laughs> i think we, we figured out yours is gonna be sophie staycation isn't it sophistication sophie staycation what was yours Mine is um, uh, Bridget Uncuddly, um, but I go by the name of Brig, so you can call me Brig Uncuddly. <laughs> We've got to do it. We've got to get on stage and do drag, and it's like, Andy, I'm all right, all right at the minute. They were, I'll be honest with you, the drag queens were very, very rubbish. <laughs> they looked wonderful, but they weren't great at the old stagecraft. So uh, I did feel like we could have done a much better job. But then... The, the audience would, would was so drunk that it really didn't matter. It doesn't it. matter when you get to that stage of Oktoberfest. You don't. You could. You could have had Robin Gibb in in a dress, and it would have been feminine. The one thing that annoyed me for the whole evening, though, was that we had planned that we were going to get ourselves a massive, great big bratwurst, and uh, they were offering uh, traditional German food. And then when we got there, they had a street vendor who was selling hot dogs. Oh no! And Just we sausage. Uh, yeah, just just normal sausage with a little bit of uh, sauerkraut on top. It wasn't it wasn't what it was. It wasn't a bratwurst, and it was ten pounds. <gasps> Which yeah. segues perfectly into the next question, Philip. Okay, you've had that terrible day. Work yeah. has been awful. The drive has yeah. been awful. You've mm -hmm. run through your favorite movie in your head while you've been going through traffic. You've yeah. played all your favorite albums. You've yeah. finally got home onto the yeah. driveway. You walk in, you kick off your shoes. The first thing you do is you head straight for the kitchen. You go into the uh, kitchen, you open the cupboard, and you're pulling out your creature comfort food. What is it? Oh, that's easy. Nacho? Nachos. I love nachos. They're so versatile. You can have anything with them. It's a really good answer. And it's just crisps. It's, it is, it's crisps with bits in it. It's awesome, honestly. And do you know what? I did them in the air fry yesterday. They were amazing. I, I saw a video for that today and I actually thought if I was still eating cheese and I'd be absolutely annihilating this, but alas, nachos have become is your the, enemy. <laughs> nachos have become one of the uh, victims of the uh, the, the non-dairy lifestyle that I've suddenly had to adopt. I, I feel sorry for you and I won't send you pictures of me eating nachos. And... There are there are slight uh, um, bends in the rule when you're not eating dairy. And that is, uh, I mean, I can't not eat butter. I mean, because that would be ridiculous, right? Yeah. yeah. And I can't not eat chocolate because, I mean, like, you know, it's not a glass of milk. No. Well, it's a glass and a half in Cadbury's. Shh, it's fine. <laughs> so, so there are, you know, there are, there are sacrifices that I'm willing to make in the, um, in the yeah. department of, of, of dairy-free life. 
I, I did it because both my children uh, choose a plant-based life and which I have the greatest of respect for, apart from cheese um, and bacon, because bacon's nice and, and some fish, but they're largely vegetarian. <laughs> and I made pulled pork, but with jackfruit. Um, it, it was amazing. Well, my my go-to would be a chicken Kiev. Oh, yeah. With wild garlic butter um and then probably chuck in some some uh southern fries or something oh yeah no that's that i have to say we can combine both of our favorite foods into one meal in that there is a shop that um, all the mums go to um that are now doing nacho cheese kievs interesting and hoisin sauce Kievs. I would like those ones. I've, I saw them um, recently, the uh, Stroganoff. Oh, yeah. Flavor Kievs. And also um, Korma flavor Kievs, which makes me quite interested. But yeah. Just but also, keep... also, Findus have brought back the crispy pancakes. I just wish that Bernard Matthews would finally bring back those little slabs of turkey gibbons that were turkey steaks. Turkey steaks. Alas, let's, let's not get back onto Bernard Matthews, eh? Bernard Matthews, earlier, I've punched to death 30,000 turkeys in my lifetime. I've turned all of them into Bernard Matthews dinosaur bites, and you have <laughs> them and love them, but you have not thought for one second about any of these turkeys that I have absolutely beat to death with my own bare fists. I feed humans to my fucking turkeys. You're eating human fed turkey Twizzlers. Human fed turkey twizzlers. Yeah, I killed a man. I don't have pigs. The turkeys ate him. These turkeys are from the Twizzler region of France. Yes. Otherwise, <laughs> they're known as sparkling white turkeys. <laughs> Eat my they're just big things. chickens anywhere else. Big chickens. I have opened up a new theme park where I have reinvented the dinosaur and I have turned them into <laughs> nuggets for your delectation. <laughs> We spared no expense. <laughs> you imagine it. Instead of like the, the the you just see the giant foot come down, the, the car gets turned over, he looks in the window, all he is What what are you um what are you what are you rinsing down your uh your nachos with, mate? Or if I could have anything, like no and distance ordering, getting hold of it was no issue. A and W root beer. Oh sex in a can. See, it doesn't quite hit right when you're in the UK drinking root beer, but in America, A and W is like a completely different ball game. Like, it's real. It's like proper age barrel aged root beer. It's amazing. Dandelion Do remember, just doesn't quite hit them hit, hit the spot. Doesn't cut the mustard. Do you remember when McDonald's did it? Yeah, I oh. remember going on one of your birthdays, and it was right at the end of when they were doing root beer in um, McDonald's. Oh, we were off our tits on happiness. <laughs> and e numbers <laughs> if 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 science and all of that malarkey uh and um magical realism is running the roost i would want a strawberry milkshake but as you get it from wimpy and bista oh the wimpy's back in bista bista has a wimpy again we used to ride our bikes aged what 10 11 mm. two bista on main just road just for a milkshake just for a milkshake 
No, it's no helmets. Yeah. No idea what we were doing. Parents had no idea where we were. Just spread them, got a milkshake and came back. Eight miles into the nearest town just to get a milkshake and then ride back again. And to have one of those burgers I... with, the Frank, with the Frankfurters on top. Do you know what? It's, it's called a bendy now. A bendy. Because it used to be called a bender and a bun. Um, I think so it's called to, a bendy and a bun now. Going back to the comfort food, yeah. another reason we drove back to Bista from Evesham, just me and my dad, was to go to the uh, pizza shop and video store at the back of the train station that we used to get the combo pizza. Oh, Bassett Avenue. Yeah. We are the the video games we rented from Blockbusters there. The pizzas I had from that from that oh. shop, the best pizzas that, I've ever eaten. Me and my dad drove all the way to Bista from Evesham just to get one of those pizzas. Honestly, it, it oh food brings back such happy memories. There used to be a chip shop in Buckingham. It's not there anymore. It's a greengrocer's, which I think is a whole waste of it. Called Geordie Lass. Nice. Oh my word! We we would as as a family would drive on a Friday evening at about eight in the evening to go and get chips from Geordie Lass. Do you remember when your parents used to drive to Aylesbury just to get a KFC and then bring it back? It was stone cold, but you didn't care. So it reminds me of one of my favourite stories of uh, one of the adults we knew when we were growing up, a gentleman called Byron. <laughs> Byron was, or as we uh, like to call him, the paint canvas when he was asleep. But yeah. He, he, was, a, he was a wonderful human being. He used to be uh, quite adept at doing extraordinary feats. Like he would go to the local shop, which was a mile and a half away, um, just so we can go and pick up a Chinese takeaway. Yeah. Um, he would disappear for three days. He would come yeah. back, walk into his house, and his wife would be like, Byron, where have you been? He said, I just went out to go get a Chinese woman. It's, it's Wednesday. Where have, you, where have you been? Oh, I've been to Swansea. Where, where's the Chinese? It's in the back of the car coagulating. Do you remember that night? I mean, I, I can't, but um, he just went out to get some coal from the coal scuttle. From the back garden. A, a... In the back garden. And a friend taught him, because our, our walls in the back garden were weird. They had these square square holes in them, didn't they? And a friend of his stuck his face in and goes, I'm just after Swansea, mate. I'm, I'm going to pick something up. Do you fancy coming? Said nothing to anyone. Just put the skull, coal scuttle down and went. Like, again, for three days, they went on a three-day bender in Swansea. Never told his wife anything. Never told his kids anything. <laughs> just and they never the called police. the police because they knew full well where he was. He's in Wales. He he woke up one morning with um <laughs> with mug <laughs> written in permanent marker on his forehead because uh, he had fallen asleep at the bar um, where the uh, <laughs> local prison officers used to go and drink. Um, and he went home and he said to his wife, why have I got gum written on my phone? <laughs> and his wife says, it says mug, you bloody idiot. <laughs> oh, my word. The, for those, right. We talk about it a lot, but the estate that we grew up in was a microclimate of wonderfulness. And one of the highlights was the prison officer's social club, which the worst thing they ever did to that estate was close it down and sell it. And it was basically subsidised by the Home Office, i.e. you guys paid for it, and it was cheap drinks, but they put on some of the best family nights 
ever. If it's like, not the, I, the, the like it's no exaggeration. Like they, they were some of the best nights I've ever had in my life with there. The, everything they did in that club was perfect. Like the parties, the Christmas, the Christmas parties, just the 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 year and uh, New Year's Eve ball, the the fireworks time- nights. I mean, bloody hell. Wayne I mean, that's where we that's where bar. we cut our, that's where we cut our teeth performing. Wayne Gerrard behind the bar playing spot the ball while the football was on uh, as the match was being played. <laughs> it's there. Let's see it. So um, the next morning there'd just be crosses all over the television because he was playing spot the ball while the match was being played. Because he was half cut. Um, but like singing, one of my happiest memories was me and you. I, I'm not. Too, I'm not ashamed to admit that we owned the. We we got caught up in Turtle Mania. And we performed the theme song from the, the film. And Wayne Gerrard, another, you know, well, there's lots of stories involving him, was jokingly called the Ginger Ninja because actually he was very well trained in martial arts. He was actually well trained in ninjutsu. In ninjutsu. Like he was, you know, he was a black belt. And he came on in his gi and a turtle mask. And we just moved to the side. How we don't have brain damage, Andrew? Oh, we may do. I don't know. This might all be going into my head for a nunchuckers. And he was swinging a pair of nunchuckers on a very small stage with a mask on, so he couldn't see anything. And we just stood there and thought we could die. We could actually die, and it was all right. A couple of years later, me and you doing PJ and Duncan. We were assholes, really, weren't we? We things like that. (laughs) It's a wonderful, wonderful place to grow up. It felt very much being in a Spielberg movie. Yeah, I, I, just reminiscing. It's funny. Just just before we started recording, just a, an old school friend of ours popped up on my on my Facebook feed, and I just chatted to them for an for now. And Hannah, if you're listening, hello. Um, hello. Uh, we did some amazing drama stuff with her because she was like us. She just didn't give a shit, and actually talking to her now still doesn't. Um, and it was amazing. Some of the, do you remember we did we tried to do when they stopped us doing it called just was it senselessly killing zombies? Yes. We just wanted to cut fake bodies up on stage and they wouldn't let us. So much so that me and you researched how to make blood packs for about three months and we made blood packs out of ice packs. Yeah. And we ice were like bags. Testing them at weekends and stuff by like making short films, which we never filmed because neither of us had a camera. But and it looked outside our houses, it looked like a charnel house. <laughs> it was a wonderful childhood. Anyway, with brilliant moments of <laughs> art, music, drama, food. Do you know, next time I'm gonna I'm gonna make a proposal before we go, Andy, because we are gonna go in a second. Next, no politics, no nonsense. Let's just spend an evening reminiscing with people. There's a lot we can talk about. There is. I think it would be a lot of fun. And I'd like, say, I'd, like to, I'd like to say thank you to all of the listeners for sticking with us because we've we've been trying to find a bit of an identity the last few weeks. And, and we feel like we're finding it now. Yeah. So thanks very much for you uh, sticking with us. I hope you enjoy the new artwork. And um, we're going to quickly just wrap this all up with a big kiss and a bow tie and uh, say thank you very much. One and all. We love you guys. This. We're on all socials. We're on everything. So thank you guys. We love you. Um and playing us out with some kazoo music. That's been Philip Goff at Geek at Therefore. Geek Therefore and this is Andy Chamberlain at Sarian Lives. People, we love you. Stick with us and uh 
and you'll give you a hand job. Or two. Bye. Bye.